Gary, I suggest you listen. Yep, that's fine. Amen. We're just going to set up a little bit. And I need that electronic gadget that I'm going to try to use. I'm coming into the 21st century. Thank you, like all of the other folks. Pray that it doesn't fail me. The blessing of these gadgets is that you can enlarge the font as large as you need it to be. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. I just want to pray uh, before we get into the ministered word. Um, we also had a prayer request just come through. As you know, there's some weather hitting Florida. And we have family in Florida, don't we? Mother Cole has a son and his family in Florida. I have a cousin in Florida, and some of you have relatives in Florida as well. So we're going to cover this service, but we're also going to cover not only the Florida area, but any other islands that may be impacted or have been impacted. Haiti, let's cover that. You know, whatever region God places on your heart, make sure that you lift that area up. Amen? Amen. And that way, if we all do that, surely we won't miss any geographic area, okay? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that we can come together and worship. And Lord God, we just ask a special blessing on this service, Father, and that you continue to keep those that are, are not here in service, Bishop Mark Vaughn, Pastor Jeanette, the Roe family, any of the other families that are traveling, Father, we thank you, Lord, or they be home not feeling well. We pray, God, that you would touch their bodies, that you encourage your spirit. We bind up the spirit of depression, Father, and we declare, God, that your joy of, your spirit of joy and peace overtake them right now in the name of Jesus, God. And Father, we cover our family members that are in these regions that are potentially being impacted by weather conditions, Father. First of all, God, we pray for a hedge of protection about them, their physical bodies, their families, their dwelling places, Father. Lord, if they've been given instruction to vacate or to leave, God, we thank you for their quick and timely response of obedience. Thank you, God, that you make provision, whether it's transportation, whether it's food and water, shelter, Father, whether it's finances, God. We thank you, Lord, for your hedge of protection being around them and about them, God. We thank you, God, that their minds will not have the spirit of fear and worry and doubt, God, but one of faith, one of trusting, and one of peace, God. Father, we have a testimony that you spoke peace to the storm, and it was still. This day, God, we collectively speak peace to these regions, and we thank you, God, that you can hold back the weather that you can cause no hurt, harm, or danger to come nigh our relatives, our family members, our people, Father. Thank you, God, that you place your umbrella around them, your physical umbrella, Father, your umbrella of protection and your umbrella of peace, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that while we are some thousands of miles away in New York, that they still have a place in our heart. They still have a place in our service. And they still have a place, God, that we will remember and call out to you on their behalf in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, God, for the good testimony that they are safe, that they are sound, and that they will continue to be kept. Thank you for calming the seas, calming the winds, Father. You said, peace, be still. 
And that's what we declare from our mouths today, peace and a stillness of the weather, God. Cause it to cease from stirring, to cease from gaining momentum and acceleration and winds and speeds, Father. Cause it to quiet, be quieted by your power and by your authority, Father. We thank you, Lord God, this day, for this is the day that you've made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In all things, we will give thanks unto you, Father, for you are the one that is more than able to keep us and sustain us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Come on in. Come on down. Remember that show, Come On Down? Price is right. Come on down. You're the next contestant. How many of you watched that before, The Price is Right? You still watch it. And the people bid, right? And then you get to that last person. Everybody's been 850, 950, 1200. And then somebody gets clever. 1251, right? They go over a dollar and they win. Doesn't that frustrate you? Anyway, I don't know why I had that thought. It's not related. Not related. Help him out, Kiki. Prices right. Y'all remember the prices right? Okay. The game show. The game show still come on, right? Amen. Well, if you could put up the first title slide in the sound room, thank you. Just the title slide. So again, for those that are visiting for the first time or maybe haven't been on a regular basis, uh, this year in our ministry, the theme has been. Redeem the dream. And I've had an opportunity to minister a few times, and each time God has allowed me to build upon Redeem the Dream. So the first time back in January was Redeem the Dream dream Discipline. And we talked about what it means to be disciplined, and we did an illustration with Simon Says. And then the next time that I had a chance to share was Redeem the Dream hearing and knowing the voice of God. And we did like an illustration with some folks in the ministry to see could blindfolded people tell who they were by just hearing their voice. And some people had, you know, a really good response rate and other people really couldn't guess who they were. And then today, we're going to continue on that same path of redeeming the dream. But the subtitle today is Protecting Your Peace. Protecting Your Peace. So before we get started, as always, I like to do a demonstration. And I need volunteers, of course. Okay, Adarius and his mother, Kiki, Isaiah, Jillian. Your hand was kind of up, was it up? Was your hand up? Okay, Jillian. So you had our hand up? <sighs> Amen. Okay, physical activity, physical activity, physical activity. I have a little bag here. I I like this bag. This bag should inspire me to go work out, shouldn't it? Well, well, okay, when I give you this element, do not, just hold it. I just want you to hold it. All right, I don't want you to throw it. I want you to test it out. Just secure it, okay? 
Is the mic there? He wants to do something with it. little instruction there. Just hold your elements. Okay, so we have one person with a soccer ball, one person with a football, one person with a basketball. And remember today's topic lesson is protecting your peace. Okay, everybody except for Jillian, go to this wall. And Jillian has on heels. So you're welcome to keep them on or take them off, whatever is most comfortable for you. Okay? Okay, Adarius, I would like for you to go over there. Darius, I'm going to ask you to suppress your competitive nature because I want Jillian to be able to stay for the service. Jillian, I want you to advance the ball past Sister Charmaine. If you just get it past where she's sitting, you, would make, you will make a goal. Darius, wait till I say go. I want you to hinder... I didn't say tackle, I didn't say clobber, hinder. Hinder means make it difficult for. Hinder her from making that goal. There are no boundaries, except we are in church and she's a young lady. <laughs> Toka's her mother. Okay. The ball. That's soccer. That's the soccer ball. <laughs> okay, so step back. A little bit more. Okay, you have your strategy in mind. So you're hindering you're hindering the effort, right? So it could be a hindrance of the ball, it could be a hindrance to the player. Okay. Advance. Okay, one more. What happened? What you, do you have a question? Oh, well, she has to get the ball passed. Yeah. Sorry if I wasn't clear. Okay, you can advance. You can advance. You can get them closer if you'd like. Oh, did you touch the ball? Goalies only touch. I never said you were goalie. Let's try it again. So far, she's two zip. Okay. Ding. Oh. Okay, we're we're advancing the soccer ball here. Okay, two one, one defeat there. Whoa. Oh, let's give a good round of applause for Jillian. Okay. 
Okay, Isaiah, come on down. Now, you are, you have the football. That is a true statement. You are, um, excuse me, I have to check with my expert. Center. (laughs) He's the center. Come on. Center. You're going to pass to your quarterback. Kiki, you're the running back. Oh, no. You have to catch the ball after the quarterback finds you. Thank you. I need someone else. Um, Ellie. He's been volunteered from the heavens. Okay. You are defense. She is a running back. She, she, she. He is the quarterback. Here is the play. Isaiah. You're going to pass the ball to your quarterback, Adarius. Adarius is going to find his running back, Kiki. And Ali is going to defend the play. Again, Sister Charmaine is the field zone, field goal zone, touchdown zone. One of those zones. And thank you, end zone. End zone. That's why I just have Super Bowl parties. Okay, are you ready? Okay, Isaiah, are you ready? Do you know what you're doing? You are passing to your quarterback. You got to find him, correct? Now I'm going to say the punt call or whatever. Hike, 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 hike. And you have to run to catch it. But you realize you have an opponent. You do know you have an opponent, right? Okay, all right. So this is uh, Michael Vick, and this is the fridge, and this is Deshaun, and I don't know who you are because I don't know any players' names that are in that position. Jeff, your name is Jeff. Okay, here we go. Get a position. No. That would be out of bounds. Okay. Are you ready? Get a position. Five, four, three, snap, hike. Hike it. Hike. 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 Hike it. Oh. That was close. That was close. But she is really almost in the stands with the players, with the fans. This is your end zone, Sister Charmaine. Don't forget, you, you would, if you would have caught it, I guess you would have been out of bounds. Let's try that play again. Okay, you want to huddle and get a little strategy? You notice you're defending by yourself? Okay. All right. And everybody know there's three players over here? 
Keep in mind the three versus the one. Okay, and they're protecting the football. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, what I, okay, so I'm Howard Costell. What we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is a three-person team against one. I heard her tell the quarterback, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. How many times in the body of Christ do we tell God and the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work? It's not going to work. We're fighting against one enemy. He's given us the Father. He's given us the Son. He's given us the Holy Ghost. It's not going to work. Let the play begin. Hike. One. Oh, sorry. Let me start over. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Hike. Fumble. Oh, Michael Vick almost fumbles. Do not break anything in the church. Interference. Good, good, good. Okay. One more time. 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 Defender, defender. How you doing, defender? I'm doing wonderful, Pastor. Are you feeling deflated? Not at all. Mm. Pardon me? He is a defensive football player. He's the fridge. Was the fridge offense or defense? Oh. Troy Palomalo. He has hair like me, right? <laughs> nope, she has her own game. Stay in the game, Kiki. Stay in the game. Don't give up. Okay, this is the last round. Come on, we got another game to get to. Another sporting event. Hello. Come on, quarterback. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, I, I got I'm a count. Five. The hiker said, count. One, two, three. He's trying to help me. Five, four, three, two, one. Hike. Oh, a new strategy. A new strategy. Oh. 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 Touchdown. That's what I'm talking about. Woo! Awesome. Let's give him a round of applause. Okay. Sister Shauna and Sister Sinyi. Let's give awesome. Y'all taking notes? Okay. Okay. Y'all can get autographs later. Go have a seat. You're done. Good job. Give it up for the football team. Come on, Tini. Come. Don't be afraid. 
Okay. Sun Yi, do you know basketball? No. Okay. <laughs> um, her goal, her objective is Great, great, great. So we, I want you to act like you are defeat, defending her. She cannot get a basket. Yeah, defense. And her basket. Her basket. Her basket is a. Uh, her basket is right here. She has to land the ball right there, but but she has to shoot it. All right, that's perfect. But you have to shoot it here. You can't roll it. It just bounces there. It has to shoot and land there. And you're going to do some one-on-one defense. Wait, wait, wait. Wait now, wait. Don't come close. It's a half-court game. Okay, stand right there. All right, now, this is the last game. Again, audience. <laughs> That's one way to defend the goal. <laughs> That's good, Timmy. Okay. <laughs> that would be a foul. Alrighty, or delay of game. Fans, remember, protect your peace, right? You saw the first example with the soccer. We saw the second example with the football. And now we're going to see a third example with this basketball. Okay, Minister Kim, I'm going to ask that you stand over here just because the folks need to see the dynamics of what's about to take place in this very engaging, interactive, physical game of basketball. And so when I say three... I want you to go ahead and advance the ball. Three, two, yeah, sorry, count down from three. Three, two, one. Okay, give her back the ball. Okay, so, can you bounce your piece? I want you to bounce your piece. Mm. So we have a problem with your piece, don't we? Sorry, to draw the ball. So, one other thing I want us to see real quick. Time out. Station break is sometimes we can think we have peace and we have the protection of peace and we don't. And we go to advance whatever it is we think we're too advanced for God and it's some deflated peace that we're dealing with. So while the enemy, in this case, the defender, was still challenging us in advancing, 
But the reality is the player was not operating in the inflation of peace that this ball was intended to have. So a basketball is supposed to bounce, right? Ideally, if it's, if it's inflated enough, it should come back up to my hand such that I don't have to focus on this ball, but I can focus on advancing it. But because it's so deflated, it's, a, it's becoming a hindrance to what I have to do. Amen? Just one more time. I like when y'all go against each other. Okay. See, I think you played ball before. All right, here we go. When I count down from three, two, one, advance the ball to target. Three, two, one. Thank you. Let's give it up for them. Good job. I think that last move was some Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Now, how many caught no? And it's great how God gives you things to do and the, the players end up playing it out. And you really have no idea how it's going to work out. You just have to trust God. And so when Sin Yi, this last go-round, when she just stepped to the side and was like, okay, there's the target, Sean was like, no, no, you're not going to trick me, or no, you better defend me, or no, I'm not going to go for it. And so how many times do we receive the favor of God and we deny it because it's just too good to be true? I don't know what she had up her sleeve. Maybe she really was going to slam her, but that I don't know. All righty. Let's give a great round of applause for our volunteers this morning. They can just stay down there, Minister Johnson. I'm glad those sports things got some activity this summer. Amen. All righty. Next slide. Okay, if you, need to, if you need a timeout, go get some water. Uh, again, the day we're talking about redeeming the dream, redeeming the dream, specifically protecting your peace. And so we had the three examples of a soccer player advancing the ball and the football being advanced by three people versus one. And then lastly, a deflated basketball trying to be advanced to the goal. And so... In all three of those scenarios, what we were trying to illustrate is there is an act of protection that is necessary with each of those sports to advance to your goal or your destination. Amen? And in some cases, the actual tools that you're working with are less than what you thought. In some cases, you have extra help available to you that you're not leveraging. Or you think that the plan has to be executed one way, when, as you remember from the football players, that it went with a totally different play in that third round, and it ended up being victorious. Amen? And if you notice, that didn't happen until after the person wanted to switch, wanted a, a substitute to come in. So how many times are we so close to our destiny, so close to our goal and objective, 
that it's one more possession. One more possession will get us to goal, but we're ready to switch in. We're ready to go to the bench. We're ready to give up. Amen? How do you protect your valuables? And if you have alarm systems, if you have pit bulls or other puppies, but do you protect your valuables? Maybe that's a question I should start with, okay? Maybe you have a safe at your home. Maybe you have a, a, ba- a box at the bank. Maybe you get your mail at the post office. But there's many different ways to protect that which is valuable to you, right? How do you protect those that are valuable to others? Do you treat things that are other people's less valuable than you do your own? How many are holding something for someone right now, either physically in church or at your home, someone maybe storing something? Okay. How is that stuff being treated? Do you have it like out and about, or do you kind of have it tucked away so that it's kind of out of sight? Um, Maybe you have it in a secure location, so if you have guests or whatever, it's not disturbed. Okay. How many of you treat other people's things even more secure than maybe you do your own? Amen. Today, what are some things that we protect? Children? Money? Insurance policies for? Life? Homes? Cars? We protect and insure. What else do we protect? Say it again, Mother. Our pets? Technology. Yeah, because some of us buy policies for our cell phones against breakage, don't we? What else? Protect your heart. Protect your jobs. Selections. Collections. What else do we protect? How many people protect their name? Or their reputation? Try to. Amen. Protect your bodies. And that can look several different ways. You can wear umbrellas and galoshes to protect yourself from getting wet or snowed or cold or too hot. Sunscreen is a source and form of protection. What about the things we think we can't live or succeed without? How do we protect those? Dad. You still food? So we need food to survive, and one person said we keep our food refrigerated so that it doesn't spoil, a form of protection. Uh, What else? Come on, there's a number of things we protect every day. We lock our homes, our vehicles we lock. We get our cars serviced, put our money in the bank, take it out of the bank. What else? That. You do not tell your business to everyone. So you protect your business because you don't want it distorted. You don't want it repeated. What else? Stay off Facebook as a form of protection. Amen. What about keys? Anybody ever protect their keys? Maybe you have another set of keys that are either outside the house or you've given to another person to hold. Um, what is it about a key, though? I mean, after all, it's just a little piece of metal that's kind of cut funny. Access. 
Keys give access. And so if you don't have, how many people have been locked out of a house or a car? I've been locked out of a house a couple times. And when you're locked out of a house, you're either going to expend money for a locksmith to come get in your house that you have access to and every right to be in, and then you have to outlay money, and then you go in your house. If you're locked out of your car, at one point the police officers would help you get in your car, but I think they don't do that as much, or it may even be illegal, I'm not sure, in certain places. But again, it's the cost of a locksmith, the cost of being inconvenienced. How many people have locked your car, your keys in the car, and it was running? Done that. So now you have your keys locked in your car. You got to pay to get the keys out of the car, and you're losing your gas and your harmony environment, and you look crazy. So keys give us access. And so it's more at stake than just a key. It's whatever that key gives you access to. In some cases, it's your home, which is where your food is, which is where your clothes are, which is where your possessions are, which is where your shelter is, which is where your family may be. You think about keys that give access to your job, your office at work. If you don't have your keys and you can't get into your office to do your work, then you're not productive. And in essence, you're not doing what you've been hired to do. So losing keys are pretty critical. All righty. Let's do a refresh. Next slide. When we met back in January, we talked about Joseph. And we talked about him having this dream and how when he shared the dream with his brothers, they became jealous, right? And they did not mean him good. They were after Joseph. And if you think about how powerful Joseph's dream was, he didn't have full understanding at the time, but eventually what we talked about happened was him becoming a ruler and actually making provision for a land that was in famine and many other things, how God used him to be a blessing to others. How many of you believe that during this time frame, Joseph had to protect his peace? Well, the mere fact that he was almost sold, well, he was sold into slavery, he was put in a hole, and they did intend to kill him at first, says that there's some peace that had to be protected in that time frame. And if you look at the word in Genesis 37, verse 4, it says that, But when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not say peace in friendly greeting to him or speak peaceably to him. Imagine being hated so much so that a person cannot peaceably engage with you. There is such a seed of hatred that I cannot talk to you such that there's peace in our conversation. It's anger, it's bitterness that may be coming across, nastiness, brevity. Um, I'm sure we all have seen it. Maybe some of us have delivered it. Next slide. What is peace? So for all of us, I'm sure we can define what peace looks like. How many have a, a place of peace right now? 
right now in this service, in this moment, I am at a place of peace. I was hoping every hand would go up. So I'm assuming because your hand did not go up that you are not at a place of peace. Maybe that's wrong, but that's all I can conclude. And if that's the case, I hope by the end of this message, one, you realize how important your peace is and that you glean some nuggets on how to protect it and how to recover it. Amen? Because God is faithful. We're going to pray about this. So peace is is a state of mind. It's a state of being. We're safe. We're well. If you look at the Old Testament, we're experiencing fullness. We're experiencing a recovery, perhaps, reward, recompense. In the New Testament, it's about prosperity. And when I say prosperity, I'm not talking about monetary things, although that is part of it, but it's your health, it's your wholeness in thinking, your thought life, your joy, all that's part of the New Testament peace, which comes through salvation, rest, and then if you look at the dictionary, it says peace, I'm I'm living in harmony, I'm free of discord. God himself calls himself Jehovah Shalom. God of peace, the Lord our peace. And the first time he is referenced as such is in the book of Judges with Gideon. And Gideon was up for battle. God had selected Gideon to go into battle. Now, when God spoke to Gideon, Gideon was hiding at night, threshing through a wine press. And the reason why he was doing this at night is because he was fearful that his harvest would be taken by the enemies. So, God comes to you and he says, you can do X, Y, and Z. Gideon was fearful. Sometimes we're fearful. In that moment of fear, what would you expect God to be? When you have to defend and defeat something, what would you, I mean, let's just be real. What would you expect God to be? Maybe defender? My God, my protector, God, big and bold, God with an attitude, God with might and strength. We might envision him being something totally different than what he declares himself. He says, I am Jehovah Shalom, peace. I'm not physical strength right now to you. I'm not a brute to you. I'm not a strong tower. I am peace. And what that says is there is power in peace. There is power in peace, power beyond something physical, power beyond um, going against the enemy with a weapon. Peace is a state of mind. And when we can get to that, that state of peace in our mental capacity and in our heart, there is nothing that is difficult or impossible to us. If you think about the letters that Paul wrote to the people, And the salutations, and you can look this up when you get home, all the New Testament letters, many of them. Paul opens up with grace, mercy, and peace from the Father. That is one of the top three things that he greets people with, and he is beckoning it to be in your life from God the Father. We know about mercy. We know about grace. And today I'm going to ask you, do you know about peace? Peace is very important. And I say it's one of the top three we should strive for is to have peace. And we're going to see how peace is not only connected to you living victoriously in Christ, 
but peace is connected to your righteousness. Amen. Let's get started. Next slide, please, Delante. So I won't read these, but I would encourage you to jot them down. What are some of the things that peace offers? Now, peace is in the scripture over 400 times. Sometimes it's peace offering. Sometimes it's in your declaration of peace to people. But peace produces harmony. How many people want to live in harmony? I don't know how many people in here watch the news, but watching the news really is something that disturbs me. So much so that I really don't watch it, and I rely really on others to share with me what is in the news or I hear about it at work. It is so disturbing. It takes my peace when I watch the news. It really does. When I hear about different things that are happening, not only here in our country or here in New York, but in Philadelphia, you know, hearing about a mother on drugs decapitates her two-year-old son, that steals my peace. What in the world? But God has given us the ability to coexist in a world where there's sin. He says we're in the world, but we're not of it. And part of us living victoriously in this world where there's so much evil around us is in protecting our peace. Ephesians 4 and 3 says, Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the spirit in the binding power of peace. Peace brings harmony. And if you think about our armor in Ephesians 6, the armor of Christ, the armor of God, it says we have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword, which is the word of God. And what does it say about our feet? Shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our feet ought to take peace where we go. If you go into a tight situation, peace should be on your feet. They may look like Air Jordans, but they better have some peace. They may look like some fly platform shoes, but they better have some peace. Judges 6, 23 and 24. Peace helps us to overcome fear. And this is when the Lord spoke to Gideon. In Philippians 4.4, 4, it also talks about overcoming fear. And God's peace shall be yours, which is a tranquil state of your soul, assured of salvation. So look at that picture. How many people have been there? Either you physically have looked like that person or inside you may have felt that way. Maybe a bill was due and you didn't have the funds to see it being paid. Maybe you really wanted to get accepted into a college or you really wanted to make the team or you really needed to pass this test to pass the course. Whatever it is, we have found ourselves in this place of worry and tightness and anxiety. And God says, no fear. Peace he's given unto us. So at the end of the day, walk in peace. Oftentimes we can get ourselves caught up in something and work a vocabulary word into a story. Anybody remember those assignments where you have a vocabulary list of 20 words and first day you write them five times each and the second day you write them in sentences and by the end of the week you have to use the whole vocabulary list in a paragraph? I remember those days. And so that's what happens. The enemy will try to advance one little thought, one little emotion to rob us entirely of our peace. 
to have it steal our energy, to have it steal our thought life, and to have it steal our emotions. Next slide. Thank you. Again, peace enables you to not be offended. Offenses will come, guarantee. You will have an opportunity to be offended every day, if not multiple times in a day. But 1 Samuel 19.27 is a testimony of how we can come against offense. Some worthless fellow said, how can this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no gift. But he held his peace and was as if death. Growing up, I used to hear a statement from my father and my aunt, and it was something like this. When you hear nothing, say nothing. And as a young person, I was like, what in the world? They had all these sayings. I didn't understand them at the time. But coming into my 40s, when you hear nothing, say nothing. Don't respond to everything. Some people will say things to get a response out of you. And this was actually Saul, who you'll, we, you know we've read about, had some issues. This is when he first became king. Not everybody acknowledged him as such. And so his strategy was he held his peace. Now, it's interesting. We know how he turned out to be as a king and as a leader. But at some point, he had the peace of God and he held on to it. That was before he decided to go down this other path. And he responded to it as though he were deaf. And for our young people, especially living up here in this region and being in school and school about to start again, sometimes you just have to get a deaf ear to what you hear and even a blind eye to what you see and protect your peace. I've been with Corning for 22 years. It'll be 23 in April. And um, sometimes I'll sit in a meeting and I'll feel like I'm being overlooked or not being heard and thought. And at that moment, I have to make a decision. This is a 60-minute meeting. We're 45 minutes into it. I have 15 minutes to go. It can steal my peace, or I can maneuver through these 15 minutes and get out of this meeting. And I've learned to do that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't stick up for yourself or speak up for yourself. But you have to choose your battles you're going to fight. And some of them requires holding your peace and acting as though you didn't even hear what you heard. Romans 16.20 assures us of victory. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Again, if you think back to Judges and Gideon, when you think about God crushing Satan, the omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, mighty God crushing Satan. The God of peace will crush Satan. That just sounds so opposite, right? The mighty God will conquer Satan. He's the God of peace. <laughs> I think that's so cool. That in his peace, just in his quietness, he can defeat and defend. Isaiah 26.3, promise of protection. It says that he will guard us and keep us in perfect and constant peace. Constant. Constant. When you think about our heart, if we are a living being, and what, what does our heart do? Pumps blood. 
Does it take a break? You don't want it to take a break. <laughs> so it's pumping blood. All day long, we go about doing whatever it is we're doing. Some of us work out. Some of us got a nice bag. <laughs> but your, your blood is pumping, right? And it, it has a job to do. And when that pumping stops, when that consistency stops, then you have a problem. And what God is saying is he will give us perfect and constant. So you don't have to worry about your, you know how you can buy um, different grades of beef and meat, A grade, B grade. God's peace is A grade, A plus plus grade constantly. You're going through something. So it's, it's there for you. Constant A plus plus peace available. Now the key is, we have to tap into it. Amen? And we're going to talk about how you do that. Where's the Darius? Are you listening? Okay. I think everybody else is too. All righty. Let's talk about the next slide, Alante. All righty. So remember I said that your righteousness is tied to peace and how if we are believers and children of God, we are called to a life of righteousness. We are called to a life of moral responsibility, integrity, truth, etc. You cannot live moral and upright living out righteousness unless you have the peace of God. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Free? James 3.18, and this is what it says. And the harvest of righteousness, the field of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness. If you go out and you plant seeds and your intent is to get righteousness back, the only way you will yield the fruit of righteousness is, according to the word, it must be sown in peace. Wow. So you can have the right seed of righteousness, but if you're not sowing it in peace, you're sowing it in discord, it will be negated. So what does that look like in the natural? If I sow in a relationship, if I sow in offering, if I, wherever it is that I'm sowing, if it's carrying something other than a spirit of peace, then it's not going to yield forth what it should, what righteousness would truly bring forth. And so, so many times you'll hear in the word of God that if you take communion, if you bring your offering, that you need to forgive, that you need to let go of offense, that you need to bring back peace, to really make the manifestation of your fruit come forth fully as God intended it. So it says it needs to be sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace, which means concord, agreement, and harmony between individuals with undisturbedness and a peaceful mind, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. When I read this in the Amplified, I was like, wow. That is a lot in that scripture. But it's very simple as far as what to do. It's not, you know, big words that we don't understand. I think all of our youth can understand those words. And if we want to live a life that's upright before God, then what this scripture is telling us, that it must be seeds planted in peace, and they must also be nurtured in peace, if you will. All righty. So I would encourage all of you to think about James 3.18 this week. Keys to the peace. Next slide. 
we're wrapping up. How are y'all? Everyone well? All right, me too. Next slide. Thank you, Alante. Keys to the peace. Remember we talked about keys in the beginning and how keys give you access to something bigger and greater than just that little key? And it can't just be any key because your key won't fit my home or my car and my key shouldn't fit your home or your car unless they're keys that you've given me. So there is a specific cutout of access available to each of us. So I'm not going to read all of Psalm 37, but there are some keys to maintaining your peace. And it's all in verbs. These are actions. So verse 1, it talks about not fretting and not being jealous. If you become jealous of someone, you become obsessed with it, hooked on it. And you really start to maybe even pursue it, either what they physically have or something very much like it. When God can have something totally different available to you, or he may actually have that thing for you at a different time. But again, if you make that your focus, then you're losing your peace because you're not in a steady state. You're not in a place of rest. Verse 3 tells us to trust in the Lord. Trusting is a process. It is not something that comes easy. It takes practice, and it's a lifetime journey. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, that's one of the scriptures that I really like. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I especially like the end of that scripture. What I am learning is what does delight in the Lord mean? And really, it means become moldable and shapeable to him. Isn't that weird? I'm delighting in him when I become submitted to him and yielded to him. And then he will give me the desires of my heart because I've come into alignment with him. So our our desires and wills are aligned. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Verse 7, be still and rest. Verse 8, cease from anger, forsake wrath, and fret not. Verse 34, wait for and expect the Lord. And then verse 37, mark the blameless man. Now what does that mean to mark the blameless man? Observe exactly. So if you have an example before you, a person that's walking upright before God, living a life that seems to not be disturbed by the things that are going on around him or her, then that's the life you need to mark. What is it about them? How are they able to remain steady in situations that should really shake you up? How are they re- able to remain joyful in situations that really are sad? And I'm not talking about people that are walking around, you know, and it's a, it really is a sad situation. They're like, you know, they're fighting through tears, but someone that has a genuine peace in that current situation. And you know it. You know it when you come across someone that's really steadfast. And they're, and they're acknowledging. They're not dismissing or denying what has happened. They're fully, yep, this has happened. But you know what? I have my peace in this situation. This is how I'm able to sustain it. Maybe I'm fasting. Maybe I'm reading the Word. Maybe I've been through it before and I can give a testimony to someone. But I have chosen to trust God and not let my emotions get the best of me. Can we go out? Can we take a walk? Can we get a cup of tea? 
those are the people that we need to mark. And not only mark them, but take note of them and imitate them. Next slide. Don't be deceived. You can lose your peace. You can lose your peace. And this has nothing to do with the defender, Halamalu. It has nothing to do with the, we didn't call him a goalie, I forget what they're called in soccer. And this has nothing to do with the sinner, Sinyi, the defending sinner, Sinyi. This is what we give up ourselves, by ourselves. We can give up our peace or certainly open a door for that peace to be disturbed. And so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could not be included with the sober, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. Remember the flat, deflated basketball that Sister Shauna had? I specifically asked each of them to not bounce their balls when they received them because I didn't want her to prematurely know that her ball was deflated. I knew it was deflated when I gave it to her. But sometimes we are operating and we're going through life with unforgiveness, with unrepentant sin, and all those things are taking away our peace. So we think we have this reservoir of peace that is packed. But then when we go to use it and tap into it, we find that it is dead or non-existent or certainly not to the level that we need it to be. And so we have to check ourselves continuously that there is not unrepentant sin or unforgiveness or that we've allowed even the cares of life. You know, sometimes when people hear sin and unforgiveness, we think about it as... um, I won't say big or little, I don't want to say that, but have I murdered today? Have I cursed today? It's some of the little things. It may not even be toward another person. Maybe I've just discounted the power of God today. Maybe I've done something toward him that has created this opening, that my peace is now deflated. Ask the Holy Spirit, he will show you. Colossians 3 and 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And in verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. These are just some of the things to do an inventory of on a daily basis. Have I let these things come into my life, either through my mouth? Through media, you know, I talk about the ear gates a lot to our young people. There are a lot of songs out there. The lyrics are doing us no good. The lyrics are stealing your peace. You think you have an inflated, fully inflated peace ball, but you are tapping its holes in it, and your peace is leaking out. Oh, Pastor Reed, we can't listen to any music. That's not what I said. It's the lyrics. You need to manage the lyrics that are going in your ear gates. As an example, and again, I highlight young people because it's Fourth Sunday, it's Youth Sunday. But with adults, 
I can speak to the adults. Some movies we should not be watching. Or some movies we certainly should manage just because they steal your peace. How many people have had a nightmare after a movie? It's called stealing your peace. So if I could watch a two-hour movie, lay down and go to sleep, and be disturbed in my mind, if I'm watching these movies on a regular basis, they happen to be my favorite type of movie, what is that doing to you on a regular basis? And how is it playing out? I even had to check the detective show. I like Law and Order and PSI and BSI and MSI, QSI, whatever. <laughs> At some point, it's like, okay, why am I so into this? And then you get in your bedroom sometimes, the least little thing. So I'm just saying all these things, we have to manage them. We are in this world, but we're not of it. So when it, you have to take note of when that change is starting to happen, that shift. It's your personal conviction. Amen. Amen, everybody happy? Still have your peace? All right. We're almost there. Next slide. Baseball. That was the only sport. Well, hockey, too. Any baseball players? Allie said, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> All right. So in the game of baseball, there's an umpire. Here I go with this Howie Mandel stuff again. <laughs> in baseball, there's an umpire. And the umpire, where's the umpire? Behind the plate. And what is the job of the umpire? To call the game. Right? So the umpire has the final word. Sometimes the umpire gets into a brawl, too. I've seen those. Kind of, they, they don't, in baseball, they don't, like, okay. Ellie, come. Adarius, come. Please. These are the sports people that I know of anyways in the audience. I'd call Alante, but he's on assignment. Now, I just want you to demonstrate physically. No words. Okay. Now, typically, basketball player... Basketball referee. When there's a disagreement between a basketball player and a basketball referee, what might you see on the court? <laughs> I don't know what basketball games y'all watch. I don't see that. Not in basketball. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, get. All right, so what might you see in a football game? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then an umpire and a coach in baseball. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So what I recall, and this is my whole reason for wanting to illustrate it, was in basketball, the discussion tends to linger, right? After the event, you still had the players coming over at the timeouts. They still want to talk about it. They still at the bench at the intermission. They still want to talk about it. And they turn it around, but still blah, 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 to the ref, doing this. You know you call that wrong, right? 
I mean, they don't let it go. It's just this gnawing that keeps going. Let it go already, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> just kidding. And in football, I've never seen it, so I don't know what they really do. But in baseball, with the ump, they are like nose to nose, mm-hmm. just going, spitting and everything. And I'm like, ew. But that, it's crazy. Thank you. So what this scripture is saying is that peace be your umpire. So let peace be that person that's defending for you. Let peace be the one that's going toe-to-toe. Because this is what I see in baseball. And umpires don't back down from their call. They don't, they don't step back. I don't see them stepping back. And then they go, out of here. All right, Colossians 3.15. I love sports analogies, even though I'm not very talented in that area. Um, And let the peace, soul, harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Act as umpire continually in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state. I guarantee you today you will have a thought that you need to capture that you need to let that umpire just go on and deal with it. Because we are attacked by the enemy all the time. He wants to steal our peace and disturb us. It could be anything. Somebody cutting you off on the highway. We were going to Hershey Park. This little red car. Kiki remembers. Zoom! Right? So I got bad. And... I did some gestures. No bad gestures. No, like, but the man knew I was talking about him because I'm sure he saw it. So I can't believe he did that. I may have called him a fool, I guess. But anyway, so I got behind him, and he knew I was behind him. Not smart. Break! So he wanted us to run into him. And then I was like, okay. So then you let the umpire peace come in, and we had two, three car lengths the rest of the ride. As long as he was in my area of driving, I kept my distance. And that's just what you have to do when you know you are being taunted or tempted or whatever, being pulled in, roped in. You say, you know what? Umpire peace, make some space. It's not that important. It's not worth it. I got four of the lives in this car we just going to make some distance here. Let the little red buggy go on. Go. So that was my example then. I don't know what your example may look like today, but I guarantee you there will be an opportunity for your umpire of peace to step in on your behalf. And the question is, will you allow that umpire to step forth? Amen? Because you have to settle it with finality. You can't bring it back up. You can't go back and get it. It's got to be settled, resolved. Amen? Philippians 4, 7 and 8. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many of us have observed this in a person? Where we're just like, 
How does that happen? How are they able to do this? How are they able to keep their peace? And maybe you don't see it. Maybe it's stories you've heard about. Oh, my goodness. If that would have happened to me, then, oh, my word. Sometimes you hear parents say this. I'll go to jail for my son or daughter. I know my mother has said it. I hope she doesn't mean it, but I know I've heard her say it. You all know her, so she may mean it. I don't know. But my point is that sometimes we think in our minds that something can get us so riled up of what we would do if we were in that situation. But in reality, until we're in that situation, we really don't know what we'll do. But we can pray beforehand that I pray whatever situation I find myself in, that the peace of God will rule and take over no matter what. No matter what. You know, we hear of people that are imprisoned falsely, and then they get out, and they don't have bitterness. At least that, the interviews that are seen on camera, they've forgiven people. They've lost years of their lives, but able to be come out and, and proceed on. And I think that is an example of my word. But it just shows how powerful the peace of God can really make us victorious in any situation any situation. And some of the situations that in my mind I think are big and huge and, oh Lord, I wish you'd resolve it today. And you hear other situations where people are victoriously walking in peace. It's like, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for this stubbed toe when people have full body burns. Amen. I believe that's a wrap. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the word. Thank God for his word of protection and protecting our peace. So, let's do another survey. How many people in here have peace? Now that you understand what peace is, how many folks in here feel like they are better equipped to protect their peace? Or at least you have some things you can go back and meditate on or read on. Amen? Amen. And that was the intent of today. Praise God. Redeeming the dream, protecting your peace. All year we've been talking about dreams that people have, visions that people have. Um, things that they desire to do, um, decisions that they have before God. And we've talked about key components. And I believe that protecting your peace is one of those key components and that you have to be able to protect your mind and your heart, which is the seat of your emotions, how you make decisions, how you respond and engage with others, your relationships. Um, And if you're not able to protect your peace, then you'll, then you'll hinder some of those things. Amen? And, and God wants us to have peace. Peace I give to you. Perfect peace. Constant. Um, there's a lot of scriptures that just say peace is available to you. And I want you to have it. And you need it. Amen? So, now to the point in our service where we have an altar call, an altar service. Which is simply a time of prayer a time where individuals come in agreement with you on whatever it is that you choose to pray about. And the first thing that 
I really want to um, extend to people is an opportunity to be ministered to for salvation. We talked about peace being a place of prosperity and a place of um, salvation. And so with salvation comes this gift of peace that we've, that we've been talking about. And salvation is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And so if that's you and that's your desire today, we invite you to come forward. Um, the second invitation is perhaps your peace has been disturbed. Um, but you now know maybe some things that have hindered it. You now know some things that you need to go after, and you just want someone to agree with you, to pray with you. Um, that, too, is available to you. We have ministers that are here um, that will minister with you. I can certainly minister with you. And then we just want to open the altar up for anything that may be on your heart. It may not be related to the peace sermon that was given today. Is there, are there any? Amen.